Good morning. Uh, we are in our third week for our four-week series on Under the Banner of Restoration. And the reason that we are doing this is to help remind us all of who God has called us to be. Uh, and we usually try to do that at the beginning of the year to, to kind of allow us to continue to embark on the direction that God is calling us to go. And uh, just a reminder again, it's not something new. It's not a new direction. Uh, it just meant as a reminder for us, and I wanted to share that. So two weeks ago, I shared on the um, topic, of, uh, I think, the, uh, Dan, if you can put up the four bullet points. Two weeks ago, on the, I, call, I shared on the topic of God calling restoration uh, to, be a, to, to go and rescue uh, people and share the good news. That's what we mean by rescue, sharing the good news with those who don't know Jesus. Uh, and then last week, Vanessa shared on once we rescue the people, how do we restore those people? Those who have been rescued, those who have uh, heard the good news, those who have received Jesus, how can we restore them? And I use the term them very loosely because all of us have been a them at one point or another, right? I think that's the truth, right? Um, and uh, last week, uh, wait, last week, so this week I will be sharing on the topic of, of how can we uh, reform those people, ourselves? How can we be transformed more into the more image of Jesus? And what does that look like? And next week, we will, um, I will close off the series on the topic of restoration as a place of releasing us, releasing people to go and rescue others. So for those who were quote-unquote rescue because of restoration, now they can be equipped and rise up and transform into those who can actually go and rescue uh, others and share the gospel with other people. Uh, an illustration I like to use to help us kind of understand what's going on is, is God has put all of us, all people, on a path, right? A nice, safe path. And uh, during the course um, of the journey on this path, some of us kind of wander off this path, right? Wander off this path to go in the woods um, where the lions and the bears and the tigers and the devil reside. Uh, well, for whatever reason, it may be because of temptation, it may be because of deception, it may be because of fear or anxiety or because of our upbringing or because our, our parents came up in a place where they didn't know Jesus or maybe because of past hurts or past abuses or even uh, incorrect teaching, whatever it is, some of us wander off the path. And we, as the people at Restoration, God has called us to go off the path and rescue those people from those wild animals, and the devil, uh, to bring them back onto this path. So that's the, so once we find them and bring them back, that's a restoring. Set them back on the path, and once they're back on this path, which is what we're going to talk about this week, is to uh, help them fully understand who they are in Christ from the standpoint that um, um, I'll help them to um, um, be more, quote-unquote, reform and live in a way that will reflect the image of Jesus, and they can be transformed and fully walk out into the plans and the purpose that God has for each and every one of us. And then after that, um, once we fully understand who we are, be secure in who we are, and understand the plans that God has for us, some of us can go off that path and rescue others and bring others back onto the safe path. So I try to use that illustration to hopefully help us to have an idea of, of what this looked like. And it's important to note that these uh, bullet points, they all are to function uh, simultaneously at the same time. So it's not like we're going to go into a season of just restoring and then the next three months is, is reforming or transforming people. It's all happening at the same time. 
um, because we're very unique and different people, right? With different maturity uh, from where we came from, our, our background, our upbringing, and the influences that we have. So some of us could be going through a specific season of, of being uh, restored, or some of us is helping other being restored. So it's very different, but it's all happening at the same time. Uh, so everyone at, at Restoration is going through these four R's. I use the word R's to help us to remember, but, but what is is to know where we are at in terms of our, uh, our understanding of who Jesus is and where other peoples are at. Did I say that correctly? Where others are at and, and encourage each other to grow in our relationship with Jesus, in our revelation of Jesus. So if you can say those two R's again, two more R's for you guys to remember. So if you remember one thing this morning, relationship and revelation of Jesus. Uh, because of the relationship with Jesus and the, the revelation of Jesus, those are the two, two things that we need in order to transform, conforming, right, to the image of Christ. So, uh, we know that in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 18, they speak to how we are being transformed and fully walking into the calling and the plans that God has for us. Not what other people have for us, but what God has for us and growing in our relationship and our revelation of Jesus. Um, these are just very two simple keys in terms of living a reformed or a transformed life, transformed by Jesus. So if I can use um, 2, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. I don't know if I have it up there or not, but I'll read it to you guys. And we all, yes I do, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So those two things going in hand in hand, and we need those to be transformed into an ever-increasing, going from one glory to the other. So those two things go hand in hand, right? Relationship and revelation. So the stronger our relationship with Jesus, the greater our revelation of him. And the more we have in terms of our revelation of Jesus and who he is, the more we will grow in our relationship with him. Because we always want to try to grow in our revelation of Jesus and our relationship with him. As it will have a direct impact, direct impact in terms of our interaction with other people. Right? Because the relationship with Jesus, when we have a relationship with Jesus, it breaks down religion. That's another R right there for you guys to remember. I don't know why I just end up like that. So relationship with Jesus breaks down religion. Because religion is about rules and laws and, and, and you know, the things you have to do. So when we have a relationship with Jesus, we know that we want to have a relationship with others because Jesus wants us to build a relationship and fellowship with others, right? In John 17, verse 21, when we pray out this, and I just want to put a plug for John 17. For those of you who haven't read it, haven't studied it, read that, study that. It's amazing. There's so much truth in that, just one chapter. So John 17, verse 21 said that all of them may be one. That means us, that we may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So that's why we are to, once we have a relationship with Jesus, it breaks down religion and it causes us to want to have a relationship with others. And, and when we spend time with people that God has put around us, that's the key right there, right? We need time. We can't have a relationship with spending time with each other. 
So when we spend time with each other, we will learn to love each other and, and grow. So that's relationship, help breaks down religion. And when we have a revelation of Jesus, it breaks down the grip of pleasing others and pleasing ourselves. Because once we have a revelation of who Jesus is, how incredible he is, we're going to want to please just him. Right? So it's natural for us to want to please someone. Can I say that? That's okay, right? We either want to please our boss, or we want to please our spouses, or we want to please our friends or our neighbors. But when we compare those people to who Jesus is, you're going to want to please Jesus. So the more we know of who Jesus is, the less we're going to want to have want to please other people. We're going to want to please him. And as we want to please him, is to share who he is with others, to help others know who they should be pleasing instead of pleasing their friends. Because the revelation of Jesus, and I know we, we hear this verse a lot, it's in Revelation chapter 1, but I want to encourage you guys to really go home and read through that again. I am the first and the last. So the ever first and the very last one. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. Forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. That's amazing. Because religion will be broken off. Once we have a relationship with Jesus and a revelation of who he is, we're going to want to please just him and make decision for him and according to what he has called us to do. I want to use an example to help us understand the importance of religions and revelation of Jesus. It's uh, Paul, or maybe Saul. Can I say Saul? Before he became Paul, he was Saul, right? Saul was all about religious duties, right? He didn't have the revelation of Jesus, so he was all about doing this, doing that, according to this, by the law, per the letter, by the letter. Strict adherent to the Mosaic law. He didn't have relationship with Jesus. So he was by rules and religion, by any means necessary. And I think we know that. By any means necessary, even if it means killing people and just keep on going. By any means necessary. But he had the revelation of Jesus in Acts chapter 9. So after his revelation of Jesus, he considered everything that he had. Everything he had attained, achieved, accomplished, to be trashed. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Everything that I have done is considered to be garbage. Like his fame and his status. When comparing to his relationship with Jesus. Because Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 said, I want to be found in him. I want to be known by him. Everything that I have done, all the pleasing that I used to do, I used to please other religious leaders, or my peers, trying to prove that I know the most in terms of all the laws and I live the most righteous life. All those things were considered garbage. Because all he wants is to be known by him and found in him. To know Jesus and made him known. So his revelation of Jesus caused him to want to have a relationship with Jesus. And because of that, he wants to know more of Jesus and make, make him known to other people. That's why he was traveling around so many places to build up the local churches. He no longer wanted to please the religious leaders or the Pharisees. It's like, forget them. I probably use some other F. But forget them. I only want to please Jesus. Because through his relationship with Jesus, we know this from Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. You know that he loves us, right? No matter how high, how low, anything in all creations, no angels or demons can separate 
the love that Christ has for us. So when we have that understanding and fully, fully understand what that means, you no longer have to please other people. Just want to live for Jesus. And because of that, he wants others to know Jesus. He wants to build a relationship with other people. He wants to encourage other people to have relationship with each other, right? The Jews and the Gentiles, they used to hate each other. But he was going from one church, the Gentiles' church, to collect money to give to the Jews who were suffering financial hardship. So it's like, no, guys, we're meant to be together. We're meant to build a relationship with each other. And he was putting his life in danger, his reputation destroyed, to share about Jesus, to make him known. So I talked about that. So it's just, just willing to be an outcast to the Pharisees, the religious leader. Now remember, these are the people that he used to um, uh, belong to and take pride in, in terms of his status, right? So whatever title that, that, that um, we may have on our business cards, so to speak, you know, whether it's VPs, SVP, CFO, CEO, those things are nothing compares to the desire to please Jesus. And I know it's much easier said than done, but if for us to actually live it out, we can see that Paul, Saul, became Paul. And that's the transformation that we talked about. Someone's being reformed because all the things in the past is done. Everything. So he became Paul because of his revelation of who Jesus is and his relationship with Jesus. So this will lead us to, because once we have those two things, revelations and relationship, it will lead us to live a transformative lifestyle, right? It's going to cause us to want to encourage each other to grow in our revelation and relationship with Jesus. Like, because that's the most important things, right? Because for us, if we are to change anything, it's going to be just temporary. Can I say that? For example, if you want to be a better person, that's probably going to last just for a little bit if we try to do it on our own, but if we have the Holy Spirit, it will last forever because God is eternal, right? Yes? Yes, thank you. So as I mentioned earlier, um, just relationship and revelation will help us to live a reformed life, to help transform us into someone else, someone different. Um, but at the same time, just keep in mind these four stages that God has called us to be, we yeah, some of us may be in the first stage or the second stage, but we don't all need to be in the same stage because that's why we're in the local church together. So we can help each other. We can learn about each other. We can encourage each other to keep on going forward and keep on growing in our understanding of who Jesus is. We can lean on each other. We can help each other. We can encourage each other. And I was talking to someone about, you know, just opening things up and asking for help. It takes strength. It takes courage. Biblical vulnerability is strength and courage because the, the society that we live in, asking for help is a no-no, right? Because you're weak, you're not able. But biblically, God wants to see us because we have to ask him for help. Jesus, help me. Fill me up. More of you, less of me. So that's how we are to live in our everyday life. So encourage each other to grow in our revelation of Jesus and our relationship with him. Um, it causes us to build relationship with one another at restoration, right? Because when we see, that's what we gather on Sunday. Because when we gather, the Spirit of God come. I know you guys experienced some of that this morning, right? Anyone? You guys experienced uh, the Spirit of God coming down, and we see that in, in Acts 2, we see that in Psalm 133, and also in Acts 10. You know, uh, I... Acts 2 is referred to a lot by people, but in Acts 10 also, when people gather together, the Holy Spirit came and people were speaking in tongues. And we don't see that 
Acts 10 is not being referred to a lot, but it happens multiple times, not just one time. So God wants his people to intentionally get together. In Hebrews 10, verse 25, um, it said, continue to gather together, unlike some who are in the habit of not doing so. So we are to gather together, to make a point, be intentional in gathering together and experience the presence of God, to acknowledge him and to praise him. So that is not to say that we are in this together. It is the same as, so once we gather together, we experience the presence of God and we know that we are in this together. God has put us together on this journey. So when one of us do something, all of us are doing it. Like for example, if, if, uh, if Jake were to invite a friend to come to church, he knows that we all will welcome that friend, like we invited that friend ourselves. That's what it means when we are in this together. It's the same thing as like when one of us share the gospel, we know that the whole church is behind us when we're sharing the gospel and we're trying to tell people about who Jesus is and make him known. We're all in this together because for this season, for this time, God has called us here, right? Eventually, we will move on. You're not obligated to be at one church forever for the rest of your life. But for this season, for this time, be intentional of where we're at because God has us where we're at. And we want all that God has for us. I don't know about you guys, but we should all want everything that God has for us for this time, for this season. Uh, So it's important to know that uh, a person who's transformed by the Spirit of God, it is an ongoing process. No one will ever graduate. I'm done. Even Paul. Even Paul, if I can use that, because Paul constantly had a thorn on his, in his flesh. Right? He wrote about that in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, that he asked God to remove whatever it is. You can assume whatever it is, but he had something. So he's not, quote-unquote, transformed and had graduated to a super cushion. He's not. We all are growing in our revelation of Jesus and knowing more of who he is. So um, I want to share some of the practical application of of living a transformed life, or transforming life, so to speak. Relationship and revelations. So remember those two things, because what I'm going to share is going to have to do with those things. So be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Be in tune with the presence of God. That's relationship. Because we talked about it. We see that in Acts 19. We have that. Once we accept and receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes within us. We have it automatically. So for us to disregard it, to don't acknowledge it, that means we are not building a relationship with who Jesus is. And when we have the Spirit of God, we're slowly being transformed into more and more of who Jesus is. right? More in the image of Christ. We talked about that. We have the Spirit of God. It helps us to live in freedom, to know that Jesus is God, and that's who we want to, to, um, to please, not according to the rules and the peer pressure that people put on us. And respect. In, uh, one thing I do also want to say is there's something about a person li- living to please Jesus because that person will live a free life and other, others will respect that. It's like, wow, why is that person not living to please such and such? But they are forgiving and loving, but they're not living to please other people. There's a sense of people will allow us, that will allow us to live differently. That's what it means, the light and the darkness. That's what it means, a city on the hill. Spirit of God, we need the Spirit of God. 
we, we, we need it because that will allow us to have wisdom, right? Supernatural wisdom, understanding and knowledge. It's almost like I compare that to having an out-of-body experience, right? When, you, when you're traveling and you come to a crossroad, an out-of-body experience, you kind of like looking from above and kind of see, oh, instead of taking a left because it seemed nicer, I should go to the right because I got a glimpse of the future. I got a glimpse of what God has for me. It may seem rough and, and tough, but as I walk down this road, God's going to open up the road for me. So that's what it means when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We can actually see a supernatural. See things that other people cannot see in the natural. And when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. You know, sometimes we list that off like it's no big deal, but it's a big deal. It's a big deal, Right? Remind yourself that when you have a, a stressful day, when you have a tough day at work, remind yourself of those things. It's a big deal to suddenly find joy again. When we're singing that, right? Finding joy in the lowest valley, right? Lowest of valley. It's a big deal. So we need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit to pray, to converse with God. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, if I can say this, People may disagree. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, we're just speaking gibberish. We're just speaking out what we think, what we want, our own mindset. We need the leading the Holy Spirit because not only are we asking, but we can listen to what God has for us. It's amazing, and it? We can hear God. It sounds cuckoo, but it is true. Do you want to hear God? I want to hear what God has for me, for my plans, for my children, and for the things that well, anyway, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Uh, this, this is just like another holy topic. And also, to, once we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, we can obey the things that he's showing us, what he's telling us. The obedience is also an actual sermon in itself. So I, I don't want to touch too much on that. But as we do those things, if I can also use an example of how to live a transformed life is in terms of prayer, is as we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, we will grow in our ability to pray out loud, and pray for others in front of others. Right? An example on prayer, because scripture said that we are actually to pray for ourselves and pray for others, right? So we learn to pray out loud and learn to pray in a group. Because Matthew 18 said, uh, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, so how can people know and agree on what they ask for? Because someone actually had to speak it out. Right? So that means we need to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit and then speak that out and pray it out. Pray it out loud in front of others, in a group. It's a for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am with them. So that means we need to gather as a group to pray. Uh, so it's okay to sit in our own house, in our room to pray, but God encourage us to pray together corporately. I know it's a little bit uncomfortable for some. I know it was very uncomfortable for, for me, but this is what God is telling us and teaching us to do from the scriptures. And then um, another thing on prayer is the, the Holy Spirit. When we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, we can pray with expectation. Because we're praying according to what God is telling us to pray. We're just speaking out gibberish. So we can pray with expectation. If this is what you want me to speak out, God, then I know it will happen. So we can have expectation for that. So we can pray with joy, with confidence. 
and pray according to what the Holy Spirit is prompting us to pray because if we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, we hear the Holy Spirit, right? In uh, Romans chapter 8, it said in this, I don't know if I have that up there for you guys, but in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And I know this is talking about tongues, but what I'm trying to say is stay in tune with the Holy Spirit, and then we will allow the Spirit of God to speak out the things that he wants us to pray for. Isn't that amazing? He wants to spend time with us, and he's actually telling us, hey, say this, because I'll make it happen for you. Um, so anyway, you guys know what I'm trying to say. All right, so be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And number two, learn and know scriptures. If you are here for more than one time, I hope you have heard us talk about knowing and learning scriptures and read the Bible, and that's the revelations. In tune with the Holy Spirit is relationship. Learn and know scriptures, that's revelations. John 1, was 1, 4. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So he was, he's in the scriptures. He was in the beginning. He was the last, the first, the last, the Alpha and the Omega. So he's in here. And we need this to know more of who he is, to get a greater revelation of our mighty God, who Jesus is. Because as we learn and know scriptures, which will lead us to know more of God, right? we know that God has, because through scriptures, we know that God has said, I will give you to the keys of the kingdom of God. Some of us may not know that. Some of us may just read right by that. Matthew 16, verse 19. I have gi he's given us the keys the kingdom of God. Let that sink in. Jesus has given us the keys of the kingdom of God. That's amazing. Right? So we, that means we have access to the many different spiritual gifting. Gifts from, from Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has given us the keys to the kingdom of God. So as we read scriptures, we learn about God. We learn about his teaching. Right? It teaches us to live a radical life. Like live differently than everyone else around us. We have a new set of norms, if I can say, like new set of norms, because we belong to a new society now. Right? We belong to the kingdom of God now. So there's new, new culture, right? For example, if we are Americans, I think we are American. I'm just going to use an example. When, if any of you guys ever go to Europe, when you ask for a cup of coffee, they give you like a cup this big. That's enough for like three sips. In America, you get a humongous cup. That will take you two hours to finish. So, what I'm trying to say is, things are different. We belong in the kingdom of God now, so we are to live differently, right? For example, we are to forgive versus holding a grudge, or biding our time so we can get even. Forgive. Love people unconditionally instead of um, using people so then you can advance and further your career, so then you can uh, get more credit for something but to love people unconditionally. Take chances. Take risks. Obey God. Step outside of our comfort zone. Don't worry about the self. You know, we talk about self-conscious, self-reliance, self-dependence. Trusting God. Don't worry about what we look like. Take risks. Take chances. You know, I, just, 
I don't want to pick on anyone, so I use myself an example, as an example. I know what I sound like when I talk. I know what I look like. So, but when God is calling us to do something, I want to encourage you guys, take chances, take risks. We may not see the fruit. We may not fully understand why. But that doesn't matter. Because we trust in God. Right? We have to live differently. We don't need to know, well, why do I need to do this? Well, tell me why first before I do it. Right? Normally, that's what usually happens. We have to give instead of a take. Right? Because we want to receive from God and give it out. Because when we're taking and we're holding, because we're taking from other people and keep it for ourselves, it's for our self-preservation versus giving freely, trusting that God will give us even more abundantly. That is one of the norms within the kingdom of God. Commitment. Let our yes be yes and no be no versus maybe. Can I say maybe? Let me wait to see if there's something better that come along. Uh, it's... it's I can say this because I used to be like this. I used to be the maybe guy. Oh, you have something going on Friday? Yeah, maybe. Let me, if, if there's a better party that comes along, eh, then I'll go to that one. But if there isn't, then I'll go to yours. So I just give you a maybe. But, but because of what God wants us to do, we want to say yes means yes and no means you and commit to it. Commit to it. Because nowadays, in this society, the world that we live in, it sounds simple, but it's not. For people to commit to something. And to live differently is to love God. Love God above all else. Above our own desires, our own need, in terms of money, possessions, and fame, and accolades, you know, and credit. But love God and give God the credit. That's what we, that's what we are about, right? Give Jesus the glory everywhere. So those are some just examples that I'm going to listen. If we live by that, forgive, love, give, take risk, take chances, love God, that's how we can be the light in the darkness. Let Jesus live and, and act those things out through us. Because can I be honest? Presently, if you look around, there is rarely do we see the complete true forgiveness. When someone said, I forgive you, and then we bring it back up again. Or just honoring, always speaking honoring of people. Humility, sacrificial love. People may say the right thing, but actually, I don't know if they really do those things. So if we read scriptures and learn and have a revelation of Jesus, follow his teaching. Those are the things he wants us to do. So they teach us to live differently and put our trust in God. So our faith, right? Faith in Jesus was faith. Confidence in what you hope for and assurance of what you do not see. So faith means trust. So um, I don't want to put this on people because it's not meant to be a religious activity, but I want to use this as an example. Faith is trust. How much faith we have in Jesus is how much trust we have in him in terms of stepping out and do things differently. So it's not a measurement, but just do I have faith in Jesus and how much do I trust him? Maybe that's something that we can grow into because the more we have a revelation of who Jesus is, the more we can trust him, right? He is the almighty God. He can do all things. And we can trust in him and knowing that we have eternal life, that we can live differently. And also, I'm, I'm not done with this yet. I can actually go on for a long time. Scriptures teach us how to live. Truly, it does. Teach us how to live as men. Single man, single woman. 
Teach us how to be husbands. Teach us how to live as wives, as fathers, as mothers. Friends, how to be friends with someone. You know, how to um, um, be a manager, like supervise people uh, and then that report to you. And also how to live as someone who has a manager, like how to treat them. It has all the instructions in here for us, for us to learn. So it's crucial that we need to, those two things, live both according to scripture and be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We have, I don't want to say we have to, but we should have those things together. Because if we only live by scriptures, I'm going to throw this out there, okay? So if you guys have any questions, we can talk about it after. If we live only by scripture, we have replaced the Mosaic law with the New Testament laws. There's no life in it. It's just another new set of laws. It's dry. There's no life behind that. There's no life without the Holy Spirit, right? Because Jesus said to his disciples, do not go. Do not go anywhere until you receive the Holy Spirit. It's from Luke 24. Until you've been clothed with power from on high. So don't go anywhere because what you're going to try to do, you're going to try to do on your own. And you're going to get nothing out of it. No one's going to care. But the impact of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, is eternal. And it's all-powerful. So on the flip side, if we only live by the Holy Spirit, if you only live by the Holy Spirit, we don't have a solid foundation to stand on. The danger also living by the Holy Spirit is we may not realize or may not be able to discern the difference between the Holy Spirit and versus other people's voices. Because there are many very articulate, persuasive people out there that they may speak things or you may listen to them and eventually that infiltrate into what we think and how we live. Because if we don't have the scriptures to back us off to say, wow, that sounds really, really cool. That sounds reasonable. That makes sense. But is it in line with this? Is it in line with scriptures? If they're not in line with God's teaching, then it's not from God. We know there's no new prophecies, right? Can I say that? Is that true? I think that's true, right? Okay. Actually, I know that's true. Um, yes. So we need both of those things to live as people who are being transformed, transforming relationship and revelations. We cannot be transformed people by just one of those things. We need both. And as we have revelation of who Jesus is, grow in that, grow in our relationship, our trust in God will grow. Oh, one quick thing I want to say about this. <laughs> like I said, I can talk about scripture all day long and weeks and months. Is if we read scripture five years ago and we haven't opened it again, that doesn't mean that we read scriptures. We need to do this all the time, every day. Just the same things we want to be in the presence of God all the time, every day. So every day, spend time with God. Every day, read scriptures. Even if the chapter you've read five times already, read it again. Read it 50 times. Just keep reading it. There's a few more things, but I'm skipping that just to move on. Um, so our trust in God will grow when we live according to all of scripture has for us, not just a section that we find comfortable. Not just, well, it talks about discipling, and that's what I want to do. But forget about the gift, right? Forget about sharing the gospel. Forget about fellowship. Forget about accountability. Or if you just say, well, you know, I just want to learn about the gifts. Well, what about sharing the gospel? What about loving other people? So we are to read it, all of scriptures. 
and the leading of the Holy Spirit and do what God tells us to do. That's, I know it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of like brushing over that, but it's a big deal. You can listen, you can hear, but if you don't do it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so, so that's the stamp, if I can say an invisible, spiritual stamp of someone who's living a transformed life, a reformed life, if I can say that, living according to all that Scripture has for us and be in tune with the Holy Spirit. That's someone who's been transformed by Jesus. You need both of those things. It's not an outward appearance. It's not about how they dress or suddenly, you know, now I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit and I read scripture all the time. I'm six feet tall, which I, sh I used to be six feet tall. But the burden of having three kids caused me to shrink. So it's, it's, it's nothing to do with how we look or how we dress or, or how we talk or how we act or the place that we live in or the car that we drive or how much money we have. It's all about revelation and relationship with Jesus. So restoration will be a place. It is a place, and it will continue to be a place where people will be transformed, whether it is slowly or quickly, but will be a people transformed through our relationship with Jesus and through our revelation of who he is. And I want to end by sharing this um, verse from Psalm 126 for you guys. And for those of you who don't know, that's where the name restoration came from. Psalm 126. Verse 1, 2, and 3. When the Lord restores the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues were songs of joy. Then it was said among the nation, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. So when we grow in our revelations of Jesus and our relationship with him, we will be like people whose mouths are filled with laughter, right? Because God has restored us. He has restored all of us. We'll be the people who fill with songs of joys, songs of joy, because God has transformed us, and he is transforming us, and we have joy. We know that we have joy through Jesus. And we will be people who are, are filled with an everlasting joy because we have eternal life through our faith in Jesus eternal life. That's why there's an everlasting joy. So this is what God has called us, the people at Restoration, to be. A group of people who have been radically transformed by our love for him and our revelation of him. So that's what one of the things, one of the, the, the topic or the objectives that God has called us to do and to be. And that's, uh, that's what I have for us this morning. I want to encourage each and every one of us to grow in our revelation of who Jesus is and our relationship with him. Get to know him more.